Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet fans, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and as always, I am thrilled that you've included the Pet Place in your early morning listening routine. Hey, have you ever wondered about how to find a reliable, caring pet sitter for your companion animal? Well, this morning, Sarah Iset from Acme Pet Care has some great answers to that question. Then later in the show, our friend Mela Kaplan from Voice for the Animals is going to explain how enjoying an evening of comedy will help animals everywhere. So don't touch that dial. Some great talk is just ahead here on the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is Sarah Isette from Acme Pet Care. Welcome to the Pet Place, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. So Acme Pet Care, is this something that Wiley Coyote um, is involved with? Mm -hmm. Well, he was definitely the inspiration. Okay. Yeah, Acme Anvil, because I wanted to start an all-purpose pet care company. Okay. And so Acme is sort of all-purpose. Whatever your needs are, Acme will provide it. Okay, well, yeah. when we're talking pet care, we're not talking about veterinary care. We're talking about pet sitting, right? Right, exactly. Pet sitting and dog walking, primarily. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. And you're part of a professional pet sitters network. Mm-hmm, yeah. How did you get involved with that? Well, Pet Sitters International is the... If you're a professional pet sitter, you want to belong to Pet Sitters International. Why is that? Because it's a... Primarily because you get really good uh, insurance. You can get your liability through them. And then also now they're offering health care, which oh, is wonderful. Okay. So, so and it's a resource. Strengths and numbers. Exactly. And do they also offer mm-hmm. education to all yeah, the members? They do. They do some continuing education and uh they have uh seminars and there's a big it's just a way to share information with other pet sitters. Give me an example of uh some of the seminars that you might attend. Well, um, I actually haven't attended any, but I know that okay. they, they do have pretty much anything. I mean, you can do, I believe you can get pet uh, CPR certified through them, and they also send out a wonderful magazine every month that has tips and um, current issues and how to deal with rescue animals who might be having some trauma and things like that. So it's just a way to keep up to date. Okay, so if yeah. you're a pet owner... And you're interested in getting uh, a quality pet sitter mm-hmm. who has a good reputation, isn't fly-by-night, and mm-hmm. isn't going to steal all your stuff while right. you're on vacation. Right. If you go to Pet Sitters mm-hmm. International. Yeah, PetSit.com. PetSit.com, okay. the address. And it's, you can search by zip code. Oh, that's is, real convenient. Yeah, it's super convenient. Um, and and how long did you mm-hmm. say you've been a member? For, well, nine years, almost nine years. Okay. I joined when I started my business in 2001. And actually, the way, one of the ways I made the transition from um, sort of pet sitting on the side, because I loved it, to professional pet sitting, is I hooked up with another professional dog walker, and I found her through PetSit.com. Okay. I did a search on the Internet and looked for people who were in my area and then called, and I established a really nice relationship with a woman who sort of showed me the ropes. 
Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. So if you can't take care of somebody, you could probably mm-hmm. call your yeah. friend or one of the other people on the network right. and, exactly. and get things covered. Yeah. Like I try and maintain contacts with um, other dog walkers who are in areas that are adjacent to me. Like I don't cover Glendale, but I know a great Glendale dog walker. Um, same with the west side and downtown. But if somebody wants a valley dog walker, I don't really know anybody, so I'll refer them to PetSit.com. Do you do more mm-hmm. dog walking than pet sitting or um, vice versa? A huge chunk of my business is dog walking. Yeah, okay. I'd say about probably 60% is dogs. But we do an awful lot of um, cats as well. And rabbits? Uh-huh, yeah. What's your most yeah. unusual pet that you've had to, to um, pet sit? I've done ferrets. Yeah. Oh, we won't, we won't say that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Southern California. Not in California. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then over Christmas, I had a wonderful, she was a Belizean red turtle named Guinevere, and she was just awesome. Like, she had a personality, this turtle. It's really? amazing, yeah. What's involved yeah. in pet-sitting a turtle? Well, she she wanted to engage with me, so I would feed her uh-huh. every day, and ev- about every other day I'd take her out of her cage, and I'd let her cruise around on the couch and she was a social creature it was amazing <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that really is amazing yeah she social was turtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i actually had a turtle when i was a kid and i don't remember her being uh, exceptionally mm-hmm. social yeah well because <laughs> reptiles and amphibian amphibians typically aren't you mm-hmm. know they could care but this turtle was uh, wanted attention and inter- interaction. That is really so, yeah. cool. Yeah. Have you ever had any unexpected adventures while pet sitting? Yeah, there's always something, actually. I mean, the uh, like yesterday, for example, it's unusual, but I went to, I had ten dogs on my schedule, on my agenda, and two of them weren't there. Which is unusual, but Ooh, sometimes you show up. Scary. Yeah, you call and you make sure. Usually, it's because the owner had planned for them to be gone and just forgot to tell you. Uh huh. But sometimes, you know, if they're a backyard dog, maybe they got out or something. So you always call, but so you're always having to sort of readjust your plan. Have you ever had a dog get away from you that you were walking? Yeah, I do, because I walk dogs off leash. Uh-oh. So, and uh, not on the streets. Oh, okay. But a lot of what I do is group. You worried me. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Walking down Sunset Boulevard with no leash. Um, a lot of what I do is small groups of dogs off leash in the trails uh, around L.A. Um, and for the most part, everybody stays with me. But there have been times when there's something that smells really good in the bushes and or they just have to go check it out. in yeah. front of them. yeah. <laughs> So, what do you do yeah. when a dog gets away from you? You go get them back. <laughs> but how do you manage the others that are with you, too? Yeah, it depends. I mean, in a really extreme case, you leash all the other dogs and you tie them up to a tree or a fence. Because the thing is, is they will follow you. So if JJ, for example, runs away and is on a meadow adjacent to a busy street, you don't want your six other dogs following you. No. So those six you restrain in some way, and you go get JJ. And then actually in most cases they come back. Because one, one thing I've learned is dogs, they don't want to run away from you mm-hmm. for the most part. They want to be with their people. And I always walk with a pack, and they, they know the routine. So usually it's not an issue. But on, And also I haven't had a dog... Um, run away in years. 
Well, so, that's good. That yeah, makes I know. it a little yeah. easier. But no dog has ever truly ran away forever. If so. you're pet sitting and a pet has mm-hmm. a medical condition, yeah. how do you handle that? Do you administer the medication sure. on a schedule? Are you comfortable yeah. doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I can give injections for insulin cats, for example, and that has to happen every 12 hours. So you've got to, the biggest issue for me is making sure I'm there at like 8 and 8, for example. Um, the injection itself is pretty routine. And then some of my, I can't do it. It's amazing that I haven't done, had a reason to do it yet, but some cats also need IV um, fluids. Oh. So, and I had, for years I had a great assistant that was very competent at that. So if that was an issue, she would do it. But recently there hasn't been a request for that. How about giving a, a cat or a dog pills? Oh yeah, that's or, yeah. Is I'm that a pretty master. tough sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's, it can be, but I'm pretty good at it now. So if you have uh, a medical or a veterinary emergency mm-hmm. with one of the pets that you're caring for, how do you handle yeah. that? You take them to the vet. I mean, it has a owner mm-hmm. usually spelled out which vet you you should use yes. and yeah. what to do in case of emergency. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the thing you want to check with your pet sitters. Your pet sitter should have a service contract where the prices and the services are laid out. And also there's, like, my service contract has information for who their vet is and where it is and what the phone number is. So if you, if it's a if it's an immediate medical emergency, you just get the animal in your car and you take them to the vet, to the closest vet. And my in Silver Lake, I'm lucky because there's two really excellent emergency vets and there's a whole bunch of just regular vets. And um, so if it's, if there's, you know, if it's something major, if they're bleeding, if they're hyperventilating, or they're having respiratory issues, you just get them there. And then if it's like a more minor condition, you call the owner and say, hey, Zoe's exhibiting this. What is, was she doing this this morning? Something like that. So it depends on the situation. What's your but, favorite, favorite memory from all your years of pet sitting? Oh, God, there's so many. I. You must really love animals yeah, to do this. Yeah, I do. I love my, I love my dogs, especially. I walk the same. I've been wait, walking the same dogs for five years, and I love seeing them happy. I love seeing them like in my van, ready to go, excited, and you know they'll do the same thing they've done for every day of their life, and I just think it's the greatest thing ever. So, and they love doing it. They yeah, never they love get doing bored. it. Yeah, <laughs> they never get bored. So there's a ton of great memories. I've taken dogs on field trips to Dog Beach, to Huntington Beach. Oh, how fun! Yeah, that's those are pretty good memories. Like when you get a dog who loves water, who's able to run into it and just play. That's pretty special. If you get pretty attached to to the dogs mm-hmm. that you care for. Yeah. Yeah. So if something yeah. happens and mm-hmm. um, they move away or pass away, that must yeah. be pretty tough. it can be sad. I actually had, um, I cared for a cat named Phoebe, who I shouldn't play favorites, but is honestly the coolest cat I've ever met. <laughs> and just, actually just like a month ago, her owner passed away very unexpectedly. Hmm. And I had, um, somebody told me about it. And so Phoebe has been adopted but now Phoebe lives in the valley, so I like unless I go visit her, I won't be caring for her regularly. Aww. So I'll miss Phoebe. And then I've had some dogs who have passed away. A uh, you know a very special dog named Chip um, passed away last Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I miss him all the time. Aww. So yeah, 
That must be one of the toughest parts of the job. Yeah, because they they move or they'll they'll pass on or something. Mm-hmm. So, but it's part of life, you know. So all in all, it's a pretty rewarding experience. Oh yeah, so. hugely. Every, you know, every day I think I love my job, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think too many people can say. Well, you get to play with so. puppies and kitties every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. I, I call adult animals puppies yeah. and kitties. There you go. And that's, I, I couldn't imagine anything better than that. Mm-hmm. And and your clients mm-hmm. must really enjoy having this. Yeah, too. yeah. Everybody, any anybody who hooks up with a good pet sitter, it'll change their life. It is so nice to have somebody you trust to come in and just help you with your animal. Sure, especially yeah. if you're working all mm-hmm. day and, and yeah. you can't be home. Yeah. It's really kind of sad that, mm-hmm. that dogs especially mm-hmm. have to sit nine, ten hours yeah. waiting for their people to mm-hmm. get home with mm-hmm. nothing to do. Yeah, because they get bored like anything. So like to anybody. have someone like you come mm-hmm. in and play yeah. with them and mm-hmm. give them a good little outing, Yeah, how special is that? Yeah, they really like it. So if somebody wanted to get a pet sitter or mm-hmm. a dog walker, mm-hmm. again, how should they find one? They should. The best way to do it is go to PetSit.com. PetSit.com. Yeah. And just key in your zip mm-hmm. code and mm-hmm. you'll get a yeah. whole bunch of... And you'll get a whole bunch of hits back. And a lot of pet sitters have websites. And you can call them or send them an email. And most pet sitters, it's typical for them to come over first. To meet you and your pet. Have a little interview. Yeah. Make sure it's a good match. Right. Which is free of charge, and it's a way to get to know the other person and see if you gel. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, no hard feelings. You can just choose somebody else. Okay. So, yeah. Sounds like a great, great thing. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, have Mm -hmm. you ever met uh, a dog or a cat or another Mm -hmm. animal that you didn't get along with and didn't get along with you? A few over the years. (laughs) Yeah. Or you have dogs like like people relationships. You'll meet somebody that you don't hit it off with right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, the dogs that have, the dogs or the cats who have been a little aloof at first or you don't have an instantly warm connection, mm-hmm. give it time. And it'll work yeah, out. Yeah, the bond develops. Animals are very accepting. Mm-hmm. They it's usually true. love everybody. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're not too picky. Sarah, we're just mm-hmm. about a time, out of time here, but I wanted to thank you for telling us about pet sitting and petsit.com and the options that exist for families with pets. So well, thanks. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's time now for our halftime break, but when we return, Mayla Kaplan from Voice for the Animals will be sharing info about a comedy event that you won't want to miss. So don't go away, and we'll get started momentarily right here on Retro 1260. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and here with me now is Melia Kaplan from Voice for the Animals. Welcome back to the Pet Place. Thank you, Marie. I'm very happy to be here. It's been a while since we've chatted, and I love getting all your emails and seeing what's up. And I noticed that you've got a really fun comedy event coming up. We do. On April 8th, we are going to be having a Laugh-In Reunion uh, honoring Lily Tomlin, and there'll be special appearances by Joanne Worley and Artie Johnson and Gary Owens and Billy Barnes and the producer George Slatter. Everybody from Laughing. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, wow. And we're going to be having also lots of other comics with Peter Berman and Deborah Skelton, Suzanne Wang, Carrie Snow, 
and um, and we're honoring three other people. We're honoring Paul Jolly, the executive director of the Petco Foundation, and Dick Van Patten, the founder of Natural Balance, and the city of West Hollywood. So it's going to be just an amazing evening with lots of comedy. There'll be a great silent auction and a live auction. And it's all to raise money for foreclosure animals because oh. we are just, oh, Marie, we're getting the calls I know. Every rescue I've been speaking with lately has been telling me the same story. Yeah. They're, they're just overflowing with animals that have been given up due to the economic situation. Well, I, I'd love to tell your, your listeners a wonderful story about two dogs named Kobe and Katie who came from an area in our city where there were a lot of foreclosures, and the people, unfortunately, who had them let them out on the street because their home was foreclosed. They didn't want to take them to the shelter because oh, no. these are older dogs, and they're black, and they're big, and those those don't get adopted very often. So did so, they think they were magically going to find a home if they turned them loose? Well, that's their hopes. I think that was their hopes. I think they knew that if they took them to the shelter, they most probably would be killed, and they didn't want that. It's a very hard position these people are in. That's understandable, but to turn them loose onto the street, I know. Well, here's the good news. They had a wonderful neighbor who found us. And we went out and we took in Kobe and Katie, and Katie actually had been hit by a car, so her leg was, she was limping. So we got them spayed and neutered and vaccinated and microchipped and got her legs <laughs> back into shape and, and they got adopted together to a wonderful family oh, and great story. they just went through um, training and they just graduated and we just got the pictures of Kobe and Katie in their little graduate hats. <laughs> So are they now canine good citizens? They are canine good citizens, and they just look adorable. So that there's a lot of wonderful stories like that. But that must uh, make your job so much worth it. It does. To put in it all does. the time. I, I know it gets real heartbreaking at times, yeah, but to but have these happy endings. Yeah, we. the happy endings are what we live for. And, you know, we can't do those happy endings without the public support. And that's, and that's why you're one. having that big event. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I'd like to give everybody our website, so if they'd like to Me come too. and buy tickets, and they can go on www.vftafoundation.org. They can also call 310-581-1585. And either way, they can get tickets by calling or they can get tickets online. And it's going to be just an amazing night. And I hope lots of people join us because it's going to be a lot of fun. And all of us need to laugh. I love all those old laughing people. I I watched laughing regularly when I was growing up. And I know Joanne Worley is a huge, huge animal advocate. Yes, she is. And a a lot of those laughing people are. And Lily Tomlin, too. Lily has been a great spokesperson for the elephant and for the animals. She's just been amazing, and we will be honoring her that night. Now, tell me, last time we spoke, we did talk about the elephants. Mm-hmm. What's what's the latest news going on? Oh, the, the latest is absolutely incredible. Um, well, as you know, uh, we were very uh, pivotal in the lawsuit that has been filed against the L.A. Zoo for um, cruelty and for the fact that, that this is a taxpayer waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that lawsuit now will go to trial. November really? 2nd. Yep. November 2nd, that lawsuit now, the trial will begin, and we are very, very excited about this because finally all the truth of what the L.A. Zoo has done for years to elephants is going to come out. And are you feeling positive about this? Do you I have am. some... Uh 
some good support. Yeah, I'm feeling very positive about it. Uh, we are going to be um, bringing in experts from all around the world and letting, showing everybody, the LA Zoo and the city and everybody, that this is just not a way to keep elephants. It's just really cruel and expensive and not acceptable. How, so how's the public reaction to this? Are they with you? The public is with us. That's what's just incredible, and I don't understand how this elephant exhibit still exists, given that the public really doesn't want it. Number one, we are faced in our city today with a huge deficit. That's true. And the mayor is trying everything he can, but I would think one of the first things would be is to stop a $42 million elephant exhibit. I don't understand the mentality behind that. Is the money coming from some magical leprechaun pot somewhere? Well, the money is coming in part from a bond measure, but that bond measure didn't say it had to go just for the elephant exhibit. It said it had to go for the master plan of the zoo, which means all the other exhibits, which are definitely deteriorating, it could have been used for, to care for the elephants that are already there. Mm -hmm. And number two, it is coming a little bit from individuals who are putting in money to keep it. Um, but again, what about the other animals who are in the zoo whose exhibits are deteriorating? That's, That's right. where that and and that forty two million is really just the tip of the iceberg, Marie, but because it doesn't include all the veterinary costs, all the medical costs, all the day to day costs, all the future elephants. expenses. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's probably going to be way more than the forty two million dollars. Oh, absolutely, it will be absolutely. So this is, I think the public feels very strongly. We feel very strongly, and we feel that this is this is something that the public really needs to know about. Well, it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job telling everybody about it, and with Lily Tomlin being your spokesperson, oh, she's incredible. I, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, she's she's just incredible. She had uh, I, her comment that she put out on the media, which I thought was wonderful, is that um, uh, how was it? Zoo is elephant speak for Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> Who can forget a comment like that? Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. my goodness. Well, I've never seen happy elephants at the Los Angeles Zoo. They're yeah. just always pacing. They're doing the things that make it seem clear that there's something wrong. Absolutely. And zoos all over the country are giving their elephants to sanctuaries. There's 18 zoos who've, who've just given their elephants to sanctuaries because they realize it's the biggest ma land mammal. They cannot keep them in captivity. It's cruel. Mm -hmm. So, and, and people don't go to a zoo just to see an elephant. They go to see many, many animals. Sure. So, and we've also talked to all the zoos in the country who gave away their elephants to sanctuaries, retired them to sanctuaries, can we say. And have they lost membership? No. Have they lost income through the gate? No. So there was really no downside. It, to me, it's just an ego thing. We want elephants in our zoo. Well, what about the elephants? Don't we care how they are dealing with it, how they're feeling about it? Should so the bottom line is, even if they realize they're wrong, they don't want to lose face and admit that? That's right. That's what I'm seeing. That's a shame. It I, is a shame. I can't believe that people in the animal care field would take that kind of stance when it's obvious it's hurting the animals that well, they're caring and, for. And again, I have to make it clear, these are not the caretakers at the L.A. Zoo. These are not the, the zookeepers. That's not the ones who have the power. It's those in power. Okay. Unfortunately. So can people write letters? Um, Will not that at help this point, at this point? Not really. At this point, we're going, they can come to the trial. And cheer. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be right here in the Superior Court of Los Angeles. There's no more letter writing because it's done. The L.A. City Council has decided that they 
want to keep elephants in L.A., which is insane. So the next step is this trial, and that is going to be what is going to reveal every bit of information that has never been revealed about what's been going on. Uh, I believe it's 47 elephants have gone through the L.A. Zoo since the beginning of the zoo. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a lot. And uh, I, I don't have the statistics with me, how many have died, how many were transferred, how many were lost. Um, but it, there's, these things need, the public needs to know because it's the public's money that's funding this. Well, I do need to let you go, but I want you to remind everybody one more time what your website is so that they can take a quick look and find out all the latest. Absolutely. It's www.vftafoundation.org. They can also call us at 310-581-1585. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Marie. It's time now for our last break, but don't go away, because when we return, it's time for Pet Place News and Events coming right up on Retro 1260. On the Pet Place Radio Show, I'm Marie Hila, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Our friends at REF, or Rescuing Unwanted Furry Friends, is hard at work planning their annual Easter brunch. This is an event you definitely want to add to your calendar. It will be held on Sunday, April 4th at 11 a.m., and will continue until 2 p.m. at Tivoli 2 in Laguna Beach. Adults are $40, and children under 12 are just $15. It's fabulous food and well worth it, and proceeds will go towards assisting low-income families with obtaining needed veterinary care for their non-human family members, as well as funding the free pet food program, again, to help low-income families manage through these very difficult times. If you'd like to attend this very worthwhile cause, call 949 949- 494-6044 for reservations or visit roughrescue.org. And don't forget to check out the Pet Place website at www.petplace.org to find out all of our contact information and send us a note or ask us some questions. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more Pet Place here on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please, stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day.